Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Is anybody else feeling the Spirit of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, I'm so grateful to our worship leaders. They do a great job, don't they? Amen. Praise God. I feel the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, son. You did a great job this morning. Thank you, Julie, the praise team. Man, you guys are just doing great. Praise God. I feel God this morning. Amen. Oh, Lord, I'm just going to wait on you a second because I want to make sure we're done and ready to move to the next point, Lord. I don't, there's no agenda here, God. We can just camp out here, God. Lord, before I get started, though, I just want to pray for those affected by the floods. Oh, God. They're hurting right now, and they're probably questioning why this happened to them. Lord, let our church be a beacon of light. Lord, bless me as I meet with some members of the Red Cross. We talk about how we can help. Lord, I pray, Father, that this church can be a blessing, not to promote our church, God, but to promote you. I thank you, Father. Let your glory shine above all. In your name, amen. All the young children can go with Mary. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Listen, I'm not going to put on my glasses today. So if you're trying to get my attention to tell me to calm down or stop, I won't be able to see you. Amen. I purposely didn't wear my glasses, so I, <laughs> I can barely read the words here, but luckily I can make them bigger. But praise God. Anybody else feel the spirit of the Lord here this morning? Amen. Praise God. We've been talking about... Because, you know, there's this, there's this mindset about that every time the pastor gets up, he talks about giving money, right? And they, people always say, well, what has the church done for me? And in reality, it's not what the church does for you. It's what, what God does for you, amen? What God gives you, amen? We're here to receive from God this morning. Now, we're going to give God praise and worship. We do that through singing. We do that through giving. We do it through all those things, right? But what about God? What does he give us? It's good to know what you give from the Father, right? We talked about God gives freedom. We talked about God gives hope. Isn't that an awesome one? God gives hope. If there's ever a time that we need hope in today's world, it's right now, right? We need hope, right? Especially as football season comes upon us. We need hope, Amen. For those of us who cheer for the teams that we do, we need hope and a miracle. But we need hope in general, don't we? We also talked about how God gives us joy. Joy, right? When tragedy hits, you can still have joy, amen? When people do you wrong. Anybody been done wrong by somebody? Yeah, we all have. You can still have joy, Amen? We don't let people have the victory over us. We, we have the victory in the Lord. Amen? 
Last week, we, last week we talked about healing. And healing is always a difficult subject because God is a sovereign God and he heals some and he doesn't heal others. And, and people get discouraged about that. And they think, well, you know, maybe God doesn't love me or maybe God doesn't like me or maybe God forgot about me. By the way, just to let you know, if you ever hear those voices, that's not you. That's the devil and his minions whispering in your ear, okay? And he, how many of you understand that the devil whispers in your ear, right? Now, if the devil appeared in front of you and said something to you, we would know, oh, that's the devil, and we would rebuke it, right? But when the devil whispers in your ear, it sounds like you, and we get discouraged. And so, in healing, we need to understand that sometimes God heals right away, and sometimes he heals over time. And sometimes the ultimate healing is when we go to live with him in eternity, where there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, any of that, amen? We will have that healing. Remember, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but eventually he eventually died again, right? But what a resume that is. You died twice. That's incredible, right? But his ultimate healing is he is in heaven now with the Lord. One day we will be with the Lord. Amen? No more bills to pay. I'm going to say that one more time because I think somebody didn't hear me. No more bills to pay. Amen? No more, no more, no more floods and earthquakes and all those things that happen. Amen? We are a people of God, and we're going to go see the Lord. Amen? So I was thinking about, what else does the Lord give? And I have some other things that I want. This really, this concept, this series of the Lord gives, this could really go on for, go on for a year because there's just an, a lot of awesome things that God gives. Amen? A lot of great things that he gives. But today... Today we're going to talk about what God gives in assurance. He gives you assurance. You know what that is? He comes up to you and he puts his arm around you and he simply says, I'm here. I'm here. Now that sounds so simplistic, doesn't it? But how many need every now and then for someone to come put their arm around you and say, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. I'm talking with you. I'm going to tell you that you are my own. Amen? We have a friend in Jesus. Amen? I think about that song by Fanny Crosby who wrote this during the most tumultuous time. She said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And when she realized that, she says, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, heaven above. I think that's the line. I may be wrong. But the point I'm trying to make is that we have an assurance from God that we are his. And so the subtitle to this message is, we know who God is. Don't look for someone else. Don't look for us anybody else. Don't, don't, go, don't go searching for things that seem to be spiritual but are not. You guys know in these last days, the enemy is going to come up with you with things that look spiritual and they're not spiritual. I read this quote this week, and I'm still kind of blown away by it. I don't usually get blown away by quotes, but this one I was, that worship without the knowledge of what you're doing is just as bad as anything else. If you don't believe that, read about 
Uzziah the king. Uzziah felt like he was the king and he could just do whatever worship he wanted and he went into the temple and he started doing the priestly duties and the Lord struck him with leprosy because he did something he wasn't supposed to do. A lot of times we get into church and we, we, we do what we see others doing or we, we get into a habit of thinking this is what church is about and church is only this if we do it this way. Can I tell you that the Spirit of the Lord is coming to us to tell us what church is really about and it's not what we think? Amen? We don't have to have three songs in the beginning. We don't have to have an offer call. We don't, we have to, what we have to do as a church, we have to follow the Lord. Amen? And if the Lord wants to interrupt our service to have a special message, if the Lord wants to interrupt our service to have an altar call, if the Lord wants to just interrupt our service, guess what? That's what we need to do. Amen? We don't need to necessarily have an order. Now, we need to kind of plan, right, so people know when to come up, but we need to be subject to what God is doing. Yeah. We need to be subject. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because sometimes God moves this way, and if we're moving this way because we have an agenda, we're going to miss what God has to do. We got to follow God, amen? We, need, we don't need to be in front of God. I'm going to tell you that right now. We need to follow God, amen? If God goes this way, then we need to go this way. If he goes this way, we need to go this way. We need to follow God this morning, amen? Praise God, praise God. But at some point in our life, we struggle with knowing who God is and we begin to doubt him. Anybody been there? You doubt God? Doubt God. Sometimes you doubt what you read in his word. We get frustrated. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, we read about someone who had doubts about the Lord. Now, when we talk about doubting the Lord, we think, oh, the only person who would doubt the Lord is someone who is new to the faith. Anybody ever heard of doubting Thomas? He was a disciple. He doubted. Amen? Now, his name wasn't actually Doubting Thomas, but he's been kind of given that name because he says, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it with my own eyes. Because we get down and discouraged because of life. We get down and discouraged and we become a prisoner to our thoughts, don't we? Anybody struggled with their thoughts sometimes? Struggled with their mind because you think, you think something's actually happening that is not happening, but the devil whispers and he whispers to us. Maybe our situation is less than desirable. Maybe we feel out of place or out of sorts. Maybe, maybe we feel isolated and lonely. It's amazing to me that even in a group of people, in a group of church people, there are people here right now that feel lonely. Can I say that one more time? Because I want to make sure everybody hears me. Now, see, someone like me, I'm like extra extroverted. You know what that means? You have extroverted people, then you have the weirdos who are like extra, all right? So you can look at, you can tell people, hey, our pastor is so extra. Okay, you can tell them that. Some of you will know what that means. See, I'm, I'm hip to the new lingo, okay? I'm hip, all right? I am, ready? I am down with that, Okay. <laughs> All right, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Sometimes, <laughs> my daughter did this. She's like, oh, Dad, don't do that. 
We could, we could become a prisoner in our mind and we feel lonely, right? We, and, and, but see, someone like me, even though I'm extra, <laughs> even though I'm extra, sometimes I can feel lonely. Because you can have a lot of acquaintances, but you don't have a lot of friends. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? You don't have that confidence you can go talk to, or, or maybe, maybe you don't want to talk to them because maybe you're embarrassed about what's going on. We talked about that yesterday in men's ministry. But we feel lonely. And that's, I'm going to tell you right now, whenever an animal, like a coyote, or maybe not a coyote, a lion, or a bear, or a, a wolf, or whatever, would want to pick off one of the sheep, they would try to separate the sheep from the herd. So he was by himself, and the sheep would panic and try to run off, and that's when they would get it. And that's exactly what's trying to, the devil's trying to happen or cause to the people of God. He's trying to get you to go off on your own because you're nervous, you don't know what to do, and you feel lonely. Even in a church like this, full of people, you feel lonely. And I want to tell you this morning, you're not alone. You're not. You're not alone. How you feel and what the reality is are two different things. Two different things. Now, we can blame other people for our loneliness, but the reality is a lot of us just don't open up. We, we tend to be, I'm going to use this word, private, okay? Christianity is not private, okay? What does the Bible say? Confess your sins one to another. Is that private? We forget about that verse, don't we? We forget about the confessing. And then the Bible says after you confess your sins one to another, what's the next part? And you will be punished. It's not punished, is it? What's that word? You will be healed. healed. There's healing and talking to one another, right? There's healing. Well, I don't, I, nobody talks to me. It takes two people to talk. <laughs> it takes two people to talk, amen? We have to do this together, right? You got to talk to people. You got to be willing to put yourself out there. And if they ignore you, come to me. I'll talk to you. We'll talk for hours, okay? Or talk to Randy. He can talk to anybody. Or talk to Will, talk to anybody, Richard, or talk to anybody, all right? That's just how we are, because we love people, amen? But I want to tell you this morning, you're not alone this morning. But see, there was someone in the Bible who felt this exact same way. It's John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was an amazing man, right? He, was, he lived by himself in the wilderness, so he was used to being alone. He was a little antisocial. Anybody here antisocial? Yeah, you don't want to raise your hands, do you? <laughs> I get it. It's okay. I know who you are. Don't worry about it, all right? <laughs> it's okay. To, some people are just that way. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just who you are, right? And so he was a little bit antisocial because he was calling people vipers. <laughs> he, was, he, would, he would look at the religious people and say, you bunch of vipers. He didn't win any friends, did he? But he was calling out sin, and he had camel hair, and he, and he ate wild locusts. Can you imagine? You ever been around somebody who eats bugs? I, I, was, I, was, I was watching a show one time in a restaurant, and on the, on the television show in the restaurant, they were showing people eating bugs. And I'm like, why would you show this in a restaurant? That's disgusting. And the little bugs were still moving in their mouth. And I was like, oh, my Lord, I can't do this. Right? I can't do this. Now listen, if you eat bugs, God bless you, but that will not be me. Amen? No, I'm not doing that. And so, but he ate locusts, which are big, like big grasshoppers is really the best way to describe it. And, they ate, and he ate wild honey. 
In other words, wild honey, he had to go and fight the bees to get the honey. I mean, this guy, he was a tough, weird dude, right? But he found himself in jail. Now remember, John the Baptist is the same guy that baptized Jesus, right? Remember, Jesus showed up, and John the Baptist says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. And Jesus said, these things must be done in fulfillment of Scripture. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but we're okay with that. And, and he baptizes him, and he comes up, and the Spirit of God descended down. Can you imagine what it would feel like if you watched the Spirit of God descend down? Now, the Bible says, like a dove. Doesn't mean a dove came down. It was like a dove. The little Spirit of God descended. Man, that'd be cool. That's a huge spiritual moment. You ever had one of those spiritual moments in church like we did earlier with the worship that you feel like you're about ready to come out of your shoes? Amen. You ever felt that way? Like, wow, this is cool. It's rocking. They're up there praising. Man, I want to get up there and just do something. I see some of you. You're like trying to get up there. See, I told Julia this morning, I said, you will put me on stage again because I miss it sometimes. And so she's like, okay, Dad. <laughs> So this guy was a wild dude, but he saw the Spirit of God descending, and then something happened. Because Jesus' ministry started, and shortly after this happened, John was put into prison. And I'm not going to ask this next question, but if you've ever been in a prison, if you've ever been in a prison, you know what a desperate, dark place it is. I'll never forget, I went into prison one time as a pastor. I want to clarify that. And as I went in there, there was this young man screaming at the top of his lungs, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. And the guards were just laughing at him. It's a terrible place. It's full of despair. It's full of anxiousness. And the prisons in that time were nowhere near like the prisons we have now. They were dark and they were damp and they were full of animals and rodents. And John was isolated and he began, he began to despair. Even though he had this great spiritual moment, dove coming down, seeing Jesus, the culmination of his ministry, And then he's in prison. He's alone. His disciples, John's disciples, tried to come visit him, but if you've ever tried to visit anybody in prison, there's that distance. You can't, you can't really connect with them. There's no freedom there. There's no joy there. So John spent many days in that prison. Verse reads this, And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Are you becoming one, or do we look for another? Let me get a little bit of history here, okay? Anybody love history besides me? I'm a big history fan. I love history. I love studying history. I know that if you study history, you begin to see the mistakes that we continually repeat as a nation, as a people. 
little history lessons. Before the Romans came, this is after the Jews had come back from Babylon, the Greeks had come and taken control of Israel. The ruler at that time, Antiochus Epiphanes, had set himself up as a god and told the Jews, you have to worship me. Now I'm talking a period of 100 years after they took over. And he set himself up as a god. And he said, you have to worship me. Now during this time, this is the time between Malachi and the beginning of Matthew. Now Matthew wasn't written in this time, but it just talks about how there was a period of silence from God. God didn't speak through prophets. God didn't speak through anybody. He was silent to the people of Israel. So Israel didn't have any guidance on what they should do other than the scriptures that they had. And so there was not a word from God at that point. And so this Antiochus Epiphany set himself up a God, and there was a revolt. There was a, there was a revolt by the Jews led by a man by the name of Judas Maccabees. They fought against the Greeks, and they, they fought hard. And it weakened the Greeks so much as a political power that the Romans came in and they took over and the Romans allowed the Jews to kind of have their own religion. They didn't mess with them too much. They said, you can do what you want to do. But during that time, when Judas Maccabees came in, there were a lot of men who suddenly stood up and said, I am the Messiah. They declared themselves to be the Messiah. The Messiah. Remember, Jesus never said that. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He didn't, you don't have to declare your authority to him if you have authority. You don't have to tell people you have authority when you have authority, amen? I always get suspicious of people when they come to me and say, I'm this, this, and this. I'm like, well, if you had to tell me, that doesn't mean anything to me. I should be able to see that in you, amen? I should be able to just know that about you, right? Amen? And so a lot of men stood up and they said, I'm the Messiah, and they would leave people for a while, and then, then what would happen is that rebellion would be crushed and the leader killed. And this happened like, I believe this number is right, two or three, maybe four times. Man after man would stand up and say, I am the Christ, and they'd get killed. I am the Christ. And so there was a naturally a little bit of trepidation with Jesus. Like, oh man, here we go again. Even though John had this spiritual experience where the Spirit of God descended, there was something from his past that said, can I trust this? Everybody see where I'm going with this? You, you tracking me? You with me? There was something from the past of his people, his fellow countrymen, that said, wait a minute. I see what he's doing, the works that he's doing, but is he the one? Is, is this the guy that we've talked about because, well, I've been let down before. You know what I hear from people who come to church or don't come to church all that much? They, they tell me the story, well, the church let me down. The pastor let me down. God it always escalates a little bit, doesn't it? God let me down. I will tell you, the church probably did let you down. I'm going to be straight with you. The church doesn't have a great reputation here in the first place. Churches in general will let you down. I will let you down. Okay? I, there, if, if, 
Listen, if you watch me and Fred Meyer sometimes looking at the prices of food, I will maybe not be the kindest person sometimes. I will, if you've seen me drive, amen? If you've seen Will drive, praise God. That's a joke between me and and Will. He took me driving one time and I prayed through. I will let you down, amen? Amen. But you know who really will never, ever let you down? That's God. We think he lets us down, but he doesn't. But somehow our faith in him is diminished because we remember the failings of others, but it wasn't God. Those men who came before who declared themselves to be the Messiah or the Messiah were not from God, amen? They were not from God, but because they proclaimed God's name, God's name got associated with it. I remember when I was growing up, my mom and dad says, don't be with certain people because you'll be, if you heard this, let me know, guilty by what? Right? Guilty by association. If you're with that person, they're going to think you're just like them. Amen? But let me tell you something. That may apply here in the world, because if I'm with someone, they're going to think you're just like them, but it doesn't apply to God. Amen? Just because someone invokes the name of God. Now, listen, this is important I say this, okay? Just because someone says, I'm doing this in the name of the Lord, doesn't mean it's from the Lord. Just because someone says that they're doing something in the name of the Lord doesn't mean it's from the Lord. Amen? Amen? Well, well, pastor, they said, I don't care what they said. I, the devil likes to say he does things in the name of the Lord, okay? All right? And let me tell you something, the devil is not God, amen? If, if, if some pastor comes telling you the only way you can be saved is if you give $1,000, can I go ahead and tell you that's not God? Amen? There's pastors out there saying that if you want to get healed, you need to give $1,000. You know who that is? That's not God. I'm going to tell you that. If, or if somebody says the only way you're going to get to heaven is if you do these works, absolutely not. We are not saved by works, but by faith alone. Amen? And out of our faith comes works. Amen? Praise God. It's time. It's time that we stop looking at the past and see what God is doing now. Amen? See what, oh, praise God. If I start dancing, just overlook me because I don't dance very well. God is doing something now. Amen? God is doing something now. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. God is ready to do, God's ready to show up and say, hey, let me tell you something. That wasn't me. Let me show you the real me. Amen. Let me show you the real. Mm. Oh, Lord, you got to help me. God Almighty, praise God. God's about ready to show up and show out, okay? God's ready to say, forget about all that. That wasn't me. This is me. If somebody brings you pain, I'm not talking about pain of conviction. That's not of God. The only one who can bring pain is the Lord because he corrects, but then he turns around and applies the balm of Gilead. Amen. Amen. The balm of Gilead. I remember somebody 
one of the villages sent me some balm. I, I want to say it was Devil's Club, but I, I think it was something different. And say, they just said, try this. So I'm like, okay, and I tried it. And doggone, if that didn't heal me. <laughs> it just went, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing balm. And I was, you know, I was like, well, what's in this? And they said, never going to tell you. <laughs> and that's fine. Okay? I just thought it was funny. But it's amazing, the balm, it worked. And I was like, that's amazing. That's incredible. But for some reason, we're still resistant to try the balm of Gilead. Amen? We were, we're so resistant to allow the Lord to come. Oh, Lord, I can't let you do that because I don't know it's you. You think the devil brings healing? You think the devil makes us feel better? Now, there's some arguments out there that the devil tries to deceive and all that, but we're not going to get into that right now because long term, the devil is not about your good. He's about your downfall, okay? The Lord, however, says this. You are the, he is the lifter of our head. Amen. Remember that in Psalms? You know what the lifter of your head means? Everybody look down. Stare at your feet. For those of us who can still see their feet, I can't see mine that well. Come on, lighten up, guys. It's funny. <laughs> Doctor asked me if I could touch my toes. I said, hand it to me. I can. Now look up. That's the lifter of your head. When you're looking up, you can watch where you're going, right? When, you're, when, you're, when your head is lifted up, Guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to walk with a little extra step because nothing's going to keep you down. Amen. But when you're in prison, like John was, mm, he said to him, are you the one coming one or do we look for another? Man, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to hit it here. So watch your toes. Okay. I'm, I'm curling up my toes as we speak because I'm going to hit me too. Are you ready for this? We look everywhere else for healing but to the Lord. We look everywhere else. We think we, think we can find healing in this and that because it seems spiritual. There's only one thing spiritual, and that's God. you got to be real careful what you call spiritual when it is not you got to be real careful what you call spiritual, and it is not. Only God is spiritual, amen? Only God can bring healing. Only God can restore the soul. Only God can cause you and free you from that prison. Well, don't go looking for another, amen? Don't go looking for another. Praise God. I feel the Spirit of the Lord on me this morning. Praise God. You know, if I, if I think about those times that God has been there for me, instead of thinking about the negative of the times that people hurt me and let me down, I begin to see that my present situation isn't nearly as bad as I'm making it out to be. You ever thought about that? Sometimes we get so caught up in that moment, we get so caught up in those things that are happening to us that we fail to see what God is doing in us. But I love Jesus. I love Jesus and what he said. He didn't beat John up. Some of you, 
Some of you feel beat up this morning. Maybe from people in church. Maybe just life. You feel beat up. You know what Jesus does? Jesus responds to him in such a loving way. Can I tell you that Jesus is speaking to you right now in a loving way and he's reaching out to you and he's simply saying, I love you. But this is what he tells John. Now, John was his cousin, but listen to what he tells him. Jesus answered, this is verses 4 and 5. They're not, it's not going to be up there unless they put it up there. It's up to them. Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John. That's the gospel, isn't it? Go and tell. That's the gospel, right? Amen? That's the gospel. In other words, when it's all said and done, brothers and sisters, it's the gospel, the good news. It's the good news of Jesus. And he says, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. So the disciples came to him and they said, are you the one or should we look for another? And while they're sitting there waiting to talk to Jesus, they're seeing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And he says, go and tell John the things that you see and that you hear. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded of the awesomeness of God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. Our God is the king of the universe. Our God is glorious. Our God is great. Our God is awesome. Our God is amazing. So this morning, I'm telling you, I'm reminding you, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with right now, I want to tell you, go back and tell yourself what you see and what you hear. What did you hear this morning? You heard worship to God. What did you see this morning? You saw passionful worship to God. Amen? You saw the passion of people coming up and lifting their hand and giving God glory. God is in the house this morning. Amen? Then he went further. He went further. This is even better. He says, just in case you didn't hear and see, I'm going to tell you the rest of it. He says, the blind see and the lame walk. That's pretty amazing right there, right? The blind see and the lame walk. We don't get very excited about that, don't we? The blind see and the lame walk. Can we put that in a spiritual context? Is the people who came in this morning who feel like they can't go another step, they're going to be able to see where they're going? The people who are coming in limping because they're hurting are going to be able to walk out upright, full of the gospel, full of the power of God this morning? Amen? But i got to tell you, it's up to you. I can bring you the water, but you have to drink it. Amen? Speaking of which, praise God, i got water. Then he says this, the blind see and the lame walk. The lepers, everybody know what leprosy is? It's a skin disease that actually eats away your skin and your bones to where 
pieces of you fall off. It's actually making a comeback in Florida right now, which is why I'm not going to Florida. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are, notice how this just keeps escalating. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. See, what Jesus did is he quoted out of Isaiah, but he showed how the words of Isaiah came to life. He goes, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he started listing the things that he did. The blind are going to see. I'm here to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. Amen? And I want to tell you this morning, God has given you assurance this morning. Amen? God has given you assurance this morning. Hallelujah! God has given you assurance. See, a little while later, John would have his life taken from him in a horrible way. And he never got out of prison, but I want to tell you one thing. He may have been in prison physically, but the Lord liberated him spiritually. Amen? Amen. Liberated him spiritually. And I want to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, I want you to hear me with all my heart as I say this to you. Some of you are stuck in a prison this morning as my worship team comes, please. Some of you are stuck in a prison. Stand up, please, everyone. You're stuck in a prison. See, doubts are normal. You can't let it cripple your faith. When doubt is given a seed, it becomes a stumbling block to you. Brothers and sisters, I will tell you this morning that the Lord is ready and able to deliver you. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.